Welcome back to Discussing Who. My name is Kyle Jones, and recently in episode number 59, I made a comment that we were going to be having the episode 60, which would be our Crew to Who interview with Paul Petacek. Well, unfortunately, we had Spider-Man take control of our, he webbed up the whole garage band and webbed up uh, all the audio, and we had to wait for the audio for the Doctor Who-related material to actually dissolve so I could get back to it. So this is actually episode 61, because Spider-Man took over episode 60. To learn more about the crew to Who, visit them on Facebook at facebook.com backslash crew to who that's facebook.com backslash k-r-e-w-e-d-u-w-h-o again that's facebook.com backslash k-r-e-w-e-d-u-w-h-o you can also find them on the web at crewtohoo.com or, if you would like, both web addresses are listed below in the show notes. So let's listen in to our interview, or my interview, with Paul. Hey everybody, welcome back. This is Discussing Who, and I am talking right now to Paul Patacek. And that is how you say your last name, isn't it? Isn't that right? Oh, that's how I say it. Some other people may say it another way, but that's pretty much how I say it. Yeah, All right. Well, you know, I have to thank Angie Meadows for teaching me how to say your name because I had heard her say it several times before I met you. And she well, thank kept... her for that and many things, sir. Well, cool. Well, I thank her for many things, too. <laughs> so uh, welcome. Welcome. I'm glad you, uh, you know, said that you were kind enough to come on and talk to us about your um, fandom with Doctor Who and also about Crew to Who. So I'm glad to have you on. I'm always uh, ready to make time for fellow Whovians, sir. Cool, 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 cool. Well, anybody that's wondering where uh, Lee and Clarence are, there are several layers below us, several stories below us, a little, you know, fighting off the Cybermen. So they will be back on another uh, episode. Paul, kind of tell us, how did you get into Doctor Who? What was your first encounter experience with Doctor Who? I'm of a certain age that uh, grew up with Doctor Who when it uh, was airing predominantly on PBS. And so when I was a young man many, many years ago, uh, back in the uh, early 80s, my uh, New Orleans uh, PBS affiliate, WYS, started airing this uh, new science fiction program, and I had not heard of it, and I uh, just happened to, to catch it. And um, they started with the uh, Tom Baker Fourth Doctor runs, and they would run them every Saturday, and they ran them for 40, 42 consecutive, well, 42 weeks with two preemptions. But it was the entire 40-story run of Tom Baker, and they ran them in um, uh, an omnibus format where they took the episodes of each story, whether they were four or six, whatever, they edited them together, and they were like a movie. So every Saturday, you get like an hour and a half or so Doctor Who movie. So I got immediately got hooked. Maybe a third of the way through its tenure, they had an episode with this little tin robot named Canine, and that that was it. I was done. Uh, me and my best friend, we decided we're going to make a Canine. And then I've been a Doctor Who fan ever since then. Affirmative. Affirmative. Yeah. Been a Doctor Who fan for quite a while. Became 
uh, I guess obsessed is 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 a, a, a appropriate term. Uh, met some like-minded people in a, a, a lovely New Orleans Doctor Who fan group called the Companions of Doctor Who, and uh, we would meet at the uh, once a month at the New Orleans uh, main public library, and there were a lot of other uh, Companion of Doctor Who chapters throughout the Gulf South, and would get together to go to conventions. So answer this, because um, because you and I started about the same time with Doctor Who, and you know PBS for me was my introduction. With you having seen you know the omnibus of going through the Doctor's run, you you get to see him with Sarah, then you get to see him uh, you know t- with two other different companions. Well, three if you count uh, Romana's regeneration. So out of those three companions. Who was your favorite? That that's a hard question. I, I, I guess Sarah Jane because that was kind of like the formative years in a way that you know that um, that even though that was her second Doctor, he that was my first companion and my first my first Doctor. So I really really enjoyed uh, the the dynamic between uh, Baker and uh, Elizabeth Sladen's uh, Sarah Jane Smith. And he just called her Sarah, but uh, but I got to meet her um, at a uh, convention, GulfCon. I think that was in Mobile, Alabama, uh-huh. in 1984 or 85. And uh, I brought my canine to uh, to the event, and I wanted my prize, you know, piece of memorabilia is a picture of of me and her and my uh, best friend Pat Lupo that had uh, initially worked with me to make canine, and and her comment that she said, "Is it works even better than the one on the." On the TV show, because some people may know that she did a, uh, 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 a the first spinoff attempt for Doctor Who was uh, called uh, Canine and Company. I think it was called Canine and Company, Girl's Best Friend, or something yep, like that. Right. And, and even though even though Elizabeth Sladen should have got billed, as, it should have been the Sarah Jane Adventures then. But uh, they, they did a Christmas special. I think it was about an hour long, and it didn't it didn't translate to a TV series. But it always was there in the back of everybody's mind, and I think that's one of the things that probably made them bring Elizabeth Sladen back is because she was she was she was so good a companion. You know, it's funny that you say that, and you and you know you're bringing back memories. So I'll tell you two things. Number one, let's go uh, with K nine. When you were at Southern Geek Fest a couple of weeks ago, when Clarence and I met you, after um, we could stand above um you know the floor up uh, in the bleachers and we were up there recording some audio and while we were recording i made a statement and he looked at me like okay that so did not make sense because he's more for the new who um i said now before i leave i want to take a picture with the canine down there and he said oh okay cool <laughs> and i said but now there's a certain pose that i have to do and he just kind of looked at me and like huh and I said, trust me, trust me, you'll, you, you'll understand. And whenever you, you, you made the comment about Elizabeth Sladen and taking you know, oh, the picture, yeah. I was like, okay, yeah. But the other, uh, the other comment that I want to make in regards to uh, Elizabeth Sladen, for me, and I think for a lot of people, she was the glue that tied new, new Who, old Who, or however, classic Who together because she was that for, for me, that companion that bridged both shows and made everyone know at the beginning of you know the current Doctor Who, this is the same Doctor, this is the same show, and here is this famous companion 
acknowledging that. So I think she played an yeah. important role in that continuity in many ways. Yeah, when she when she came on, I believe it was in 2006, they brought her back for that episode, School Reunion, and they also brought K-9 back, which was fantastic. That that was kind of like, you know, it's almost like, well, this is legitimized, and anybody who in any way had had thought that there may be a discontinuity in, between the two series, it's the same show. Yeah, exactly. You know? It's exactly the same show, just like there's a difference between 1963, uh, William Hartnell, uh, season one, episode one, and and uh, John Pertwee's season, I guess it was seven, that was in color. It's the same show. It just changes with the times, and it, it regenerates. That's the whole point of it, too. Yeah, and, that's, and, and you couldn't have said it better, exactly. Yeah, it's rooted in the time, but it's also timeless, and that's the whole point of why we love the show. Now, you also had a, an affinity, I believe, for another doctor. Um, which which other doctors are your favorites, your standouts? Oh, wow. You know, it, it's hard to say. I mean, I, like, I started with, with Tom Baker, but I've really grown to, to appreciate all the doctors. You know, the, the, you watch Doctor Who and... If you consume it all up to a point, you want to go back and, and, and learn about the history of the show. So you go back and watch the other older episodes. And uh, I loved I loved Hartnell's portrayal it was fantastic. The fanciful nature of Troughton's doctor was was really I really enjoyed Troughton, especially because he would he would make you think that he was kind of like a, a buffoon, but in no way was he a buffoon. You know, so I, I like to costume as uh, the second doctor and the fourth and uh, the the seventh in a way kind of has a little bit of he's really dark right but he has some aspects of the second doctor um all, i mean and all the contemporary doctors we never did have we didn't have anywhere near enough of uh of eccleston's ninth and uh 10 you know ninth was fantastic 10th 11th i uh, really 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 like uh peter capaldi's doctor he's um it's gonna be hard to you know, to to let him go, I guess, in a way. And so, so let me jump it. ahead of something that I said that I, you know, I'd kind yeah. of give you an idea of. But since you brought uh, Capaldi up, let me ask you this question: Do you think his acceptance as the fans accepting the doc as him as being the Doctor? Do you think that it's worked every season for him, or do you think? that it is just this 10th season that he's just attached to the viewers. I think, I think last season, um, some of the performances actually, uh, you know, uh, more than half the performances were really fantastic. Uh, the Davros, uh, two parter and the dollar two parter, the, his, you know, heaven sent. Oh yes. Yes. The performance in heaven sense. It was basically, it was basically a one-man show. It's like he was doing a stage play, you know. And it was it was really brilliant. He he, you know, a lot of people have said varying things about writing or you know the casting or this and that. I think Capaldi uh, under under Moffat has done done really well. There've been a, a, a few opportunities, I guess that that may have been been missed. But I really I really have enjoyed Capaldi's portrayal. Um, some people maybe weren't prepared prepared for a uh an older doctor and maybe the um that first episode with him where 
you point out that he's an older doctor and you spend all the time on him being an older doctor just kind of made it too much. You know? Yeah, I They agree. shouldn't have even done that. They should, they should have just like, oh, really? You've changed? Okay, well, I uh, move on, you know? Right. So maybe little steps like that where they focus too much on the fact that he's an older doctor doesn't doesn't do it any any justice yeah the show was but uh but john i've really i really i think last season is probably when people started to to like his uh his doc his doctor more yeah not so much that first yeah season, I but agree, i've enjoyed the whole time because no, i'm i'm you know sitting here thinking as you're as you're you know discussing you know what i'm picturing in my head is that first season he's portrayed as so uptight and so you know rigid and in the first, um, the opener with Davros, you know, the look is totally different. He's wearing the, you know, the Troughton or the Hartnell pants and, you know, yeah. and saying, I'm having a party with all of me is invited. So, yeah, you know, I, I totally, I totally, totally get that. So He's let his hair down. Yeah, and he literally, and, he, and, and grow out, too. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about, because I want to talk about uh, the Dr. Falls at the very end. But tell um, our listeners a little bit about Crew to Who and what that is, and more specifically, what Crew to Who is known for and does. Okay, so um, I had, uh, you know, earlier I mentioned that I was, uh, as a young man, I was in a Doctor Who fan, fan group in New Orleans called uh, Companions of Doctor Who. Um, well, when uh, Doctor Who came back on the air, there, there in the local area, we didn't have a, I guess uh, an organized group that uh, would get together for Doctor Who. But when uh, K-9 appeared in 2006, uh, I decided to take my, my old K-9 that I had built back in the 80s, take it off of the fridge in the garage, bring it down, uh, strip it down, and start to rebuild it. And that, that was a couple-year project. Well, I brought, I brought K-9 out to um to this large convention uh, at the uh uh Ernston Memorial Convention Center. I think I'm getting that right. It's uh Wizard World. Okay. Twenty eleven. Gotcha. And uh the Saints had just won the Super Bowl. I lost a bet to my wife and it was if if the Saints win the Super Bowl you'll paint canine black and gold. <laughs> well they won. I lost. Painted black and gold, Saints canine. I went out and trundled him around, and the amount of fans, Doctor Who fans, that recognized him, it was it was just amazing. So I made a bunch of connections, people I had hadn't, hadn't seen in years, people I had never met before, and uh, formed this uh, Facebook page. Uh, immediately, um, I started getting uh, contacts from people who I had known on Facebook that wanted to be part of the group. And then uh, conventions, different conventions, reached out to me, and uh, so started going to conventions like CoastCon and and um, ContraFlow and MechaCon and MobiCon. We'd bring K9 out. We'd get more people that wanted to be involved. We started doing uh, screenings at the uh, Crown and Anchor English Pub in uh, Algiers Point. Uh, made some connections with a local um, Mardi Gras organization um, called Chewbacca's and. Uh, we uh, we marched in that in that group uh, every year. So it's a really a good fun time. Then, you know, I decided, you know what, we should have our own event. So, a friend of mine, Louis Dobbin, and I, we got together 
and said, let's let's have a, have our own event. So we we started uh, come up with this idea for a big party called Time Fest. Okay. Well, in uh, in 2013, we said we're going to do it. We uh, we found a, um, a wedding venue at Jefferson Orleans North. We rented it out, and uh, we said, but we need a TARDIS. I'm like, uh, I'm not a woodworker. He's like, I'm not a woodworker. <laughs> I said, but but I have force of will. So I, I spent uh, three months uh, trying to uh, figure out how to build a TARDIS, and then three weeks leading up to it, I just went and did it. And so the, at 4 o'clock in the morning, the, the day before our event, I finished painting the roof of, the, roof of our TARDIS, and then we had, we had like 500 people come out, and it was, it was fantastic. We had, we had a, a lovely uh, a group that we had met out of Jackson, Mississippi, you know, uh, Carla Goodell and Eric. Correct. Um, um, this is uh, before they had the uh, remote control Dalek. They had uh, the uh, costume Dalek that her son Eric had gotten as a Halloween gift from her uh, father, who made it for her his grandson. It, we raised a, a bunch of money for a charity for them. We had the TARDIS there. We had canine there. We had uh, some kids' crafts. We had. Uh, just I overall had a great time. My friend Louis Darwin's band, a consortium genius, played. Uh, out of that, we made, just made more and more connections. And uh, basically what Doctor Who uh, does is it takes people from all these different, you know, social strata and different, um, you know, walks of life. And it's a, it's a common obsession. And you just, it's a great way to meet people just like any other, any other uh, social, social thing. So from that, we started making... Uh, I made more connections, more people that are more into costuming and cosplay. And, and uh, I have some, some really just a, a bunch of fantastic people in our group that love to express their love for the show through their craft. Like I have a, one friend named Megan Davis, who's a, a great artist in all kinds of different media. Well, she sculpted uh, a full-scale uh, face of Bo that you may have seen really? at uh, various conventions. Wow. And um, she... That was uh, we had that at the. Uh, I don't think we had it at Southern Geek, but uh, full scale face above the 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 entire um, back end and the infrastructure of it was made by uh, another a group of friends, a gentleman named Tim Russell. No, and, and I want to say now you've got me in, intrigued. I want to say because no, it wasn't it. Uh, the face of Bo was not at Southern Geek Fest because I would have remembered. So I, I want to see him now. But but. But anyway, Crudo is basically, I'm, I like to ramble, Crudo Who is basically a, just a group of people that are passionate for Doctor Who or costuming and like, or creative. And don't, I mean, yeah, we get together and we love to watch the, the episodes wind down with a pint or whatever or have a family event like a barbecue. But um, we also love to just express our love for the show, show through uh, creating things, whether it be a, a costume, a painting. Uh, an enormous amount of police boxes that your spouse lets you keep in her formal uh, dining room. <laughs> Good. That, you know, I, I, I have a mantle board that has, let's see, th- three right now, three TARDISes on it because I have another one in my office at work. Um, let me ask you this. What do you think makes Doctor Who so endearing to so many people? It's, and it's probably different things for different people, but I think it's a sense of wonder with it, right? It, it's not – some shows – I mean, Doctor Who can, I guess, in some ways sometimes seem formulaic, but you don't necessarily know really what you're going to get when you sit down and watch it. It can be 
totally, you know, one episode to the next can be something totally different. Totally different time, totally different place, totally different setting, totally different cast of characters. You've got a constant, sort of, in that you've got a traveler, sometimes with a companion, sometimes alone, who's just exploring exploring the universe. And um, I guess it's almost like it's like pe- something people would, in their own lives, like to be able to do, just get up and go. <laughs> True, true, good. good. And, it, and it's optimistic. I think it's pretty optimistic. You know, it's, it's, there's, you know, I think it's an optimistic program. I mean, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of stuff that's going on and it's good, good escapism. It has more, has a good morality to it as well. There are usually some really good morality plays in it. Well, you know, you know, I'm thinking whenever you said that, uh, from, from two directions, number one, yes, I agree that it, it does have a lot of morality lessons tied to it. But I think um, the doctor said it best in the end of the return of Dr. Mysterio when he talked about things end because they have to, but then things begin again, and then everyone's happy. And, you know, that's, that is how life happens. Things end, and then things begin and because they have to. And uh, I, I think that's just how... D- Doctor Who is, is it's all about renewal, regeneration, and change, which yes. is, yeah. and, you, and, and, I'm, and I'm kind of segueing here, but when you fall down, you have to get up. And speaking of falling down, I know you've seen The Doctor Falls. What did you think of it? I think that The Doctor Falls, I, I enjoyed the episode. I, I kind of still think that it's a part two of three Hopefully, with regards to uh, some of the dangling participles, I I I love the way that um, you know the, the the conversation that's going back and forth with, with regards to uh, you know the, the master and the end of the master. I I love the way he the Moffat kind of set set up the master's end because in either case, you know the master always comes back. So you could definitely John Sims master could come back and. Uh, Michelle Gomez's master could come back because right. you can't keep a good master or mistress down. Um, I did like I did like the irony there, you know about uh, and I love the the banter and the play between between those two. It was a uh, very self absorbed. Um, Missy Missy was becoming more and more um, had more admiration, you know, for the Doctor. Kind of like uh, kind of like the way Delgado was the original master was with John Pertwee's Doctor. And uh, and then um, Sims basically was was being the uh, Anthony Ainley in the, in the piece uh, and uh, and oh man the, uh, the 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 makeup you know the the, the uh, his uh, disguise we we all kind of pretty much knew that that it was that it was him but I, I I still thoroughly enjoyed the fact that they they did that and did you think is it just me did you think that his disguise that he was wearing if he would just cut the hair back a little bit, kind of looked like he was wearing an Anthony, Anthony uh, excuse me, a Roger Delgado mask. Kind of. <laughs> uh, are you talking about in the in the first part where he's in yeah, disguise? Yeah, the first part. You know what? Yeah. I, the whole time I was watching it, I actually asked at one point, 
This guy looks from because uh, I did not I, I did not know it was him until the yeah. point where he is standing behind Missy, uh, you know, on the spaceship, and oh, I'm like, great. oh yeah, because even though I knew he was coming at the end, I did not know that he. I did know because because this is what I asked. I was like, was this guy on Game of Thrones? Because he looks familiar, and, and I knew there was something that I recognized, but I did not put it together until. You know, he's standing there with Missy, and I said, oh, yeah, well, now I know who you are. But um, tell me this. Do you wish now um, that the BBC would not have said um, that, that, that he was returning? Because don't you think it would have been so much better if that would have been a surprise? Yeah, I think, I think it would be, but I think they, they have to play both ends. They want to – ultimately, they're trying to get – they're trying to get audience share, right? Correct. And if they know a big character's returning, then it does them more to announce it ahead of time, or even if they report it was a leak, than if they don't announce it. Um, and don't get the yeah, viewers. All, yeah, they won't necessarily get the viewers. Like if we had a 50th anniversary show and nobody announced that John Hurt or David Tennant was going to be in it, uh, I don't think we would have gotten the 117 Right, exactly. Or or worldwide, uh, you know, simultaneous views and and release in theaters and et cetera. Exactly. I would love love to be spoiler-free on these things, but... um, That's not the age we live. It's not realistic. Uh, Now, we were were spoiler-free, I guess, about David Bradley's first Doctor appearing at the end. So that was great. Uh, I think that that was well done. So you... So that was, I don't know, I wouldn't say it's a bit of misdirection, but we knew about Sims, so that way we didn't know, we didn't know about David Bradley's doctor. So that was played very well. It kind of mirrors the way that um, we knew Jenna Coleman was going to be the new companion, but we had no idea she was going to be in Asylum of the Dollar. True, right? so exactly, that was, exactly. That was well done. Yeah. I, um, I, the fact that when when a Capaldi is, is about to, about to regenerate because basically, you know, he had taken a full on assault from a, a Cyberman, you know, it should have, anybody else would have blown a hole in him. Um, and he's just fighting it off and he doesn't want to go. I mean, it basically, it kind of shows that he's, he doesn't want to have to learn to be a good man again. He doesn't want to have to go through all this again. I think this, this Christmas episode, it's going to be the doctor 13, plus one, I mean, 12 plus one makes 13, right? Right. They're both going to help each other prepare for the unknown. In the, in the first doctor's case, he's never, I get, we're assuming he's never regenerated before, but well, we're going to assume that, right? <laughs> we, we, he doesn't know, he doesn't know, uh, but he knows it's coming. And the, the Capaldi's doctor, this is his first time regenerating after he was given what he thinks may or may not have been another regenerative cycle. I really hope that they, you know, and even if this is a surprise guest star, but considering the fact that Capaldi was such a big fan of the original doctor and he, you know, there's a video that's out on YouTube about him talking to some kids at the Doctor Who experience, talking about the doctor never went back and how sad that was that he never went back to see Susan. Oh, yeah. I, I, I just think this is if there is one time that would be m- no more appropriate. You've got someone playing the first doctor. You've got the 12th doctor. Bring Susan back, at least for a cameo. 
Yeah, it would be neat if you've had 13 and 1 go pick up go pick up um Caroline Ford, you know, as she is now. And then um they go on an adventure and it's like it, it takes place in that episode the second or was it maybe the third episode of the 10th planet, whichever episode. Right. That, yeah. Uh, the ones that, that he's that, out of. Yes. Yeah. Hardin was so, so ill that he couldn't even appear in one of those final episodes. And that's a perfect time for them to, to fit him in, but have him in the action, but outside of the action. In other Correct. words, there literally be an episode. It'll be kind of like a back to the future too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I'd be fine right with that. You know? Yeah. But you've already, you've already got the, uh, you've already got the Cybermen. You've already got the snow. Yep, exactly. So, Somebody will do for. it. All right. So as we wrap, Paul, uh, you know, tell everybody if they wanted to go online, how would they find out more about Crew to Who? So I guess the best thing, uh, if you want to find out more about Crew to Who, is uh, just go to Facebook dot com slash Crew to Who K R E W E D U W H O, and there's a page Crew to Who page. And there's a group uh, as well, so facebook.com slash groups, crew to who. Then uh, I hope that you're getting your tickets for the August 17th or August 24th riff track theatrical viewing of the uh, Five Doctors because uh, that's coming up. Did you know about that? Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, so I've, we're, I've actually I'm heard sure some people. have them in your area. Yeah. But we're going to be at the AMC Elmwood in, um, in Harahan. On the 17th and on the 24th, we're going to be in Slidell, and we're going to materialize our classic TARDIS there. Cool, so cool. Fun times. Well, look, thank you again, Paul, for coming on and talking to us. You're welcome anytime, and anytime you want to come on and talk about what Crew to Who is doing, uh, feel free to just message us, and uh, we'll set up something and you know have, have you on. All right, thanks so much, and uh I right. the meadows for me. I certainly cheers. will. All right, cheers. Bye-bye. So again, Paul, thank you very much for taking the time to talk to us. We appreciate it. So up next, we have some listener feedback. Now, for those of you listening, if this is your first episode or if you're a longtime listener, we want to hear from you. Guess what? Sending feedback is easy. Simply record a voice clip on your smartphone and email it to discussingwho at gmail.com. Or, if you're on Facebook, simply send us a message on there. You can also, if you would like, leave us a voice message by dialing 805-850-DWHO. That's 805-850-3946. Hi guys, it's Matthew. Just wanted to drop you a line about a few things. First, I really like the new branding. I think the uh, the new uh, logo and uh, and cover design look great. I think it gets across the message that you guys uh, uh, will be discussing Doctor Who, but also other things like uh, you know other uh, comics and sci-fi uh, properties. So I think it looks great. Um, I think it's a great move. Also, want to talk a little bit about this season of Doctor Who. Um, on the whole. I have not really been uh, that uh, happy with it. It's been okay. Um, it's been a consistently okay season so far. I, I thought the pilot was really good. It was the closest to being a really excellent episode that we'd had through the first ten. Some others that I enjoyed 
like uh, thin ice or oxygen, but just uh, weren't really hitting that you know excellent level until we got to the two-part finale, uh, which I just uh, just had a chance to watch part two last night after I got in from vacation. And I see that your review is now out on the feeds, but uh, I haven't read any reviews about it. I just kind of wanted to send in my thoughts on it uh, cold without before I get uh, colored with uh, anybody else's impressions. I thought this was uh, an excellent two-parter. I, uh, I thought it was one of the best, uh, if not the best, master stories ever. Uh, part one was so uh, suspenseful and thrilling, um, and I was uh, totally fooled uh, that it was the master in disguise up until when he walked in the room with Missy and said hello, then all of a sudden it clicked for me. But up until then, I had no idea. And part two, I thought, was a, a great conclusion. Sometimes when you have a great part one... Uh, part two is a bit of a letdown. I didn't feel that way about this at all. Uh, I thought the resolution uh, with the master, uh, with uh, John Simmons, master and, and Missy, their their uh, parting, the way they parted, I thought was was uh, great. I thought it was brilliant. Um, I loved uh, seeing the doctor you know, in a situation where he couldn't totally win, kind of shades of uh, Caves of Androzani there. Um, the one thing that um, did sit with me a little funny is the resolution of Bill. I thought that if if they had left her to die as a Cyberman, that would have been very a very bold decision. I didn't think Moffat would do it because he doesn't usually like to kill off his main characters exactly. And, you know, as I watched this, the one thing that kind of rubbed me a little the wrong way is all of his companions have basically gotten the same ending. Uh, River Song, Amy and Rory, Clara, and now um, and now Bill, they all die either literally or figuratively and then get a happy ending second life in some sort of um, altered state or reality or something, you know. Uh, River dies has her consciousness uploaded to the library, and she gets to live on in that virtual environment. Uh, Amy and Rory are sent back to the past by the angel, so they're virtually dead for their 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 old life and their friends and family, but they get to live out an entire lifespan in the past. Um, Clara is is killed, but she gets pulled out of time in between heartbeats and gets to live for an indefinite time, basically as another doctor exploring the universe. And now Bill is died, but is reborn via the pilot and is going to go off and explore the universe. So it seems like we've had the same sort of theme every time. And, uh, you know, I felt like it's a little overdone. I, one thing that did occur to me through this season, as I said, a lot of good episodes, no real great episodes until the end was, you know, maybe it is, it definitely feels like it is time for Moffat to move on. You know, he stayed uh, for six seasons now, and it's, uh, you know, I think it's time for a fresh voice and some new ideas. Having said that, I think it looks like he's going out with the bang. You know, the, this two-parter was great. I expect great things for the uh, the Christmas special, and I'm really looking forward to seeing the uh, the first Doctor again. And after that, the Chibnall era. Anyway, thanks guys. Uh, looking forward to hearing your review uh, here shortly.
Thanks. Thanks, Matthew. And thank you as well to everyone who is listening. Before we go, I would like to congratulate our friends on the Cultum Collective for a happy 8th anniversary. It doesn't seem possible, to be brutally honest, that it has already been almost a year since we posted episode 11, which was celebrating their 7th anniversary. And depending on when this episode goes out, it may already be the 17th, which is when I put out episode 11. But regardless, again, happy anniversary, Dave, Ian, Mike, and everyone else. Thank you for um, being supportive of this show, and just, we just wanted to kind of feedback to you guys and say congratulations and happy anniversary. And again, thank you everyone for listening. As we end, I want to go back in time, and let's go back in time and check in on Ian and Dave this month, but last year. We're going to listen in to my conversation with them. So for me, I'll be back next episode with most likely Clarence and or Lee in tow as we um, talk about probably some more Doctor Who. So again, thanks for listening, and I'll see you then. Guys, I've listened to you before I got to know you. I've listened to you for years, and... There is an undeniable chemistry and years for millennia. I have listened to you and you guys have this chemistry of talking back and forth and, you know, a little bit here and a little bit there. So tell me, how did you guys let's go, you know, go all the way back. How did you guys virtually meet? Where did Dave Cooper and Ian Bissett meet? Well, have you ever seen the very first episode of The Big Bang Theory? Yes. Both Ian and myself were giving samples at this clinic, and uh, was that how it started? Something like <laughs> I think so. It was something like that. <laughs> no, I think, I think I was escaping from Gallifrey, and you were telling me which TARDIS to take. I think that was it. That's right. That's exactly right. <laughs> so, so, so was Dave the TARDIS, or was Dave the person telling you to take it? He, he looked a lot different then. He he looked um, like a short uh, brunette. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's a whole different story. Um, uh, no, actually, uh, we irritated each other a little bit to start with, but it wasn't to do with the quality of our conversation. But it was to do with well, your audio. Exactly. I, I'm going to tell the first part of this because I became. I'll try and make this as quick as possible. Uh, my first reaction to podcasting is this will never take off. Nobody will ever listen to anything like that because a, fr- a friend of mine had started their own podcast. They invited me on, I guessed it on a podcast, decided to listen to it. Thought there must be other podcasts out there like, you know, like theirs, but better and found Podchuck and then found an episode with a man who had extremely lousy audio. You couldn't understand a word this man said. <laughs> so I just thought, so I thought, you know, if I ever start a podcast, that's the man I want. So, so my my first question of listening to you say that was why. So, answer the question: Why? It's because he likes wine. Ah, got you. So the man with bad audio likes wine. Oh, well, wait. So I misunderstood you. He liked wine, and that's why you wanted him on the podcast. Exactly. Ah, we found we I, found we had a common interest. That was what it was. Got you. Because uh, I literally thought you meant that he had bad audio, and that's why I wanted him on the podcast. 
Ah. Gotcha. Well, actually, um, to, 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 to be a little more serious, um, Dave and I ended up um, by happenstance on another podcast uh, together. And it was actually then that we, we got, had got talking before or after one of the shows and discovered that we both liked wine. So we decided that, and because my parents are from Ireland, so you know the British culture is kind of embedded in my you know upbringing. We had lots to chat about, and so we we Sunday nights we'd uh, we'd get together with a glass of wine and have a wee chat, while you know we'd spend the day on Sunday on this one podcast, and so that's that's basically how Dave and I met, and. Uh, well, the well that's, that, that's the official well, yeah. version. That's the official <laughs> version. Uh, <laughs> Where's the dirty version? I think. Well, well, I mean, the Dave version. Uh, uh, it might be news to you, but I, uh, about forty-five years ago, I was backpacking in New Zealand around Lower Hutt region. You know, you know, the, the, what happened in New Zealand stays in New <laughs> Zealand. <laughs> but um, the, we have got a little bit. I mean, in fact, I've got very much a lot in common, really, with Megan Ian's wife, because. Like Megan, I've got, three, I've got three children. I've got Matthew, Roslyn, and Ian, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. It, feels, it feels like that some way. And if you want to get a little flavour of what we were doing, if I can just play no, in a little. Absolutely, go for it. This. this is Dave AC inviting you to CIA Podcast. Now called Coldum in Audio. Samantha. Samantha. I sound like something out of a Terrorhawk. <laughs> Hello, Ian. Hello. Ian, I interviewed you, Italy. Hi, everyone. It's great to be here. Doctor Who <laughs> Highlander. It was really good. But uh, that is one of my other uh, little foibles. Could have done with some of those at the con. Yeah, and, uh, and, of course, I have to say, this is Ian. In the groove. This is Ramana, too. And Benjamin uh, Elliott, this week in Doctor Who, guy. The green-skinned Orion slave girl. Wow. <laughs> I had a good thought, dude. It might have been even funny. Depending it's a fanboy goo. Until you mentioned Wendy February. <laughs> oh, and Ian was like, ah, ah, ah. let's get out of here. <laughs> He remembered my name. Uh, <laughs> with Jerry Doyle from Babylon 5. It's my other tagline. Doyle bought me a whiskey. Visit. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Subscribe to CIA on iTunes. I'll catch us directly from TalkShoe. Even in the last few minutes that we've been talking, you know, guys, seriously, the, you there's a back-and-forth connection. I keep going with the back-and-forth thing, but there's a connection that you either have or you don't. And there's there's something about the, the the talk back and forth between the two of you is something that just, just like people are comfortable listening to because it doesn't feel like you're reading a script. It feels like you're literally saying what comes to your mind and saying it, which I know that's what you guys are doing. No, 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 no. I'm reading what's in Ian's mind, and he reads what's in my mind. We're not reading our own mind. Ah, there you go. No. Gotcha. Uh, again, on a serious note, because he's never—he's never going to have a serious note. Um, <laughs> that it's really, really easy because Dave and I get on so well, um, and we and and like I said at the beginning, friendship started through the wine and just having chit, you know, having chats, and so we became friends first, and then moved into podcasting together. That just kind of carried over like a natural thing. For some odd reason, even though there's a huge gulf in the age, you know, there's a huge age gap. Uh, between the two of us, immense, uh, literally, you know, millennia, you know, thousands of years between the two of us. That uh, <laughs> it, it's surprising, um, but yeah, we're 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 best mates, first podcaster, second, and I'm glad that that comes through in the show because 
the one thing we want people to feel when they come in, especially with the way the cultum is set up, is to feel comfortable that they're just going down to the pub for some drinks with some mates or at a coffee shop with, you know, having coffee with some mates and sitting there and having a roundtable discussion. And, and that's that's how Colton kind of works best. That show, of course, was uh, Wes Hubbard's um, CIA, which Ian himself, uh, well, we were thrown into co-hosting it for about 100, <laughs> 100 episodes, really. So yeah. uh, from very early on in 2007, maybe even as early as January, I don't know, uh, but um, about episode two or three and then about episode 20, uh, we took over. The reason we, um, we we decided to switch over to our own, first of all, we were having so much fun, but we couldn't take it anywhere. We couldn't we couldn't have a, you know, WordPress blog like Colton.com. Or we couldn't uh, have a, a Twitter account and things like that. We couldn't develop it. So um, right. we, we got to a point where we either had to sort of say, well, you know, let's call it a day, uh, let's launch into our own. And uh, we were also at the time having our Sunday night boozy sessions, yeah. and thus the plan was formed. Oh, yes. Yeah, it, it, it became apparent to us that, like Dave said, you know, that we couldn't do anything. We couldn't we couldn't take the show anywhere. Not that we've taken it any, to any great lengths or, or anything. It's still essentially the same, you know, premise. It just, you know, we just felt like we were minding the store and we wanted to open our own shop. Dave took the word uh, Coltham with him when we left <laughs> because he had uh, he had come up with the wording uh, Coltham uh, for CIA. We wanted CIA to mean something rather than Celestial Intervention Agency, which would be, of course, from the Doctor Who fans. Right. Uh, okay. And that's originally what it was supposed to mean, but. West wanted something that was a little more uh, expansive, and so uh, Dave came up with Coltham and Audio, and that was CIA. And uh, so when we moved to our own show, he bought Coltham with him since it was his word. Dave invented the word Coltham. All right, so he has created the word Coltham, but where mm-hmm. did the part of the word collective come from? Where, where What's the history of that? Well, I think it was a brainstorm, but Ian came up with it originally because we had a, a few brainstorming sessions, well, drinking sessions, but yeah, it, yeah. it was a little bit like Pinky in the Brain, actually. I'm not so sure which one Ian was, but... Uh, <laughs> Jay Brain, what do you want to do tonight? <laughs> yeah, tight casting, tight casting. <laughs> so uh, that's what we, we did, and uh, um, the, I think the only uh, time we actually spent where... Everything fell into place. The only thing that we were coming up with was trying to decide whether the uh, the blog should be called something different. And Ian came up with the idea, well, let's chron- chronicling the podcast. So right. that became the, the full name of that is the Colton Chronicles. But uh, it, basically, we use the word Colton now. And uh, very briefly, just a quick advert, if you go to uh, the site, you'll find we've done 565 episodes. 41 days of continuous content and our very first episode uh episode zero i believe it was 22nd of july 2009 almost exactly uh seven years ago and actually um just so you know our listeners have listened previously to you guys talking in one of the earlier segments a clip of that particular episode that you just mentioned a clip of that was 
played in an earlier segment on this episode. So oh, no. they've, they've oh, had no. they've had the oh, pleasure no. of listening to you. So they've not got this far, then they switched off at that point. <laughs> <laughs> you know, my, w- w- one of my favorite, and we may who knows hear this again, but. Um, at episode 100, 100, 100. Does that sound familiar, Dave? Well, if it's one of my silly bits, but I will, will say as well, obviously, that we, we, we were talking on Podshock, made in the live uh, Podshocks, and um, I think it, we, we go back ooh, to uh, before episode 100 of... Uh, I think it, uh, oh, I've lost the actual thing there, but it, it, they were live. Uh, in fact, the the live episodes, the unedited versions of Podshock, uh, are still on uh, Torture. I think uh, uh, two double three five eight. Some of those uh, Lewis would then edit and put them onto the main uh, iTunes feed. Some of them uh, on the iTunes is uh, the the live feed as well. And of course, we're we're grateful for uh, Lewis because he was the one that sort of let people come on and speak. Of course, he was the triumvirate then of uh, Lewis, Ken, and James. And again, that history repeated itself a little bit because James uh, Lewis had invited James from the UK to do you want to be on a podcast? And um, you know the fact that both he and himself, you know, uh, bestride bestride the Atlantic Ocean hopefully gives uh, different insights into, um, you know, science fiction in, in America and the UK. Because, I mean, as Ian has alluded to uh, heretofore. Uh, Discussing Who is brought to you by Audible. You've probably heard of Audible, but just in case, they are the world's leading provider of audiobooks. They have more than 180,000 titles. Let me say that again. 180,000 titles to choose from. Imagine a genre, they've got an audiobook. And these files play on smartphones, Kindles, tablets, in fact, over 500 different devices. Now, for fans of Discussing Who, Audible is offering a free download when you start a new Audible subscription. And you can choose anything at all from that vast library. But we know you want to get one of their absolutely fantastic Doctor Who titles, which include New Adventures of the Doctor, but also Torchwood and River Song, and they're performed for you by actors you know and love. Wonderful voices, Tom Baker, Alex Kingston, David Tennant, the list goes on and on. So try it out for 30 days. And if at the end of the month you decide Audible is not for you, you still get to keep that Doctor Who book you downloaded. So look at it this way. Free Doctor Who book. So here's how you get started. Point your favorite web browser to audibletrial.com slash discussing who. That's audible trial, all one word, A-U-D-I-B-L-E-T-R-I-A-L dot com slash discussing who, also one word. And that's how you get your free book. What could be better than that? You've been listening to the Discussing Who podcast. Discussing Who is made by fans for fans. No copyright infringement is intended. Show us your fans of the show by liking us on Facebook, following us on Twitter. You can find us on the web at www.discussingwho.com. Want more Discussing Who? Find us on iTunes, Google Play Music, Player FM, the Doctor Who Podshock Alliance, and more. Send us your feedback to discussingwho at gmail.com, or if you'd like, simply record a voice message and send that to us via your smartphone, tablet, or computer. We want to hear from you.